MailChimp presents. Clusters aren't always a bad thing. Like a cluster of stars in the night sky, or those crunchy little clusters in your cereal. But you know what's never good? A clustomer. A clustomer is what happens when marketers group customers with very different behaviors into one big messy audience. Like when someone receives a new customer coupon code, but they're already an existing customer. Intuit MailChimp can help. They offer email marketing personalization tools that help marketers send product recommendations and discounts based on behavior data, turning your customers back into the unique customers that they are. Intuit MailChimp, the number one email marketing and automations brand. Based on competitor brands' publicly available data on worldwide number of customers in 2021 and 2022. Oh, hi, friend. I'm Paul Jarvis, and you're listening to Call Paul, Business is Unusual, where we explore how small business owners are living and navigating their way through their first pandemic. So so you find shark pose, which is essentially lying on your front with your hands behind your back and your arms lifted, you know, which is quite, it's a heart-opening pose. You know, and you're talking about fear while you're in that pose, and She's doing a funny shark voice at the same time, and we discover the shark isn't as frightening as we thought, you know. That's Martin, co-founder of Cosmic Kids, a children's yoga video series which features his wife Jamie leading kids through yoga poses mixed into adventurous stories. Martin focuses on the numbers and systems, while Jamie, as he puts it, thinks in terms of fairy tales, sparkles, and magic hand grenades. Everyone, welcome to Cosmic Kids. I'm Jamie, and this is your place for yoga, stories, and fun. It's easy. Just copy the moves that I do and enjoy the adventure. Cosmic Kids Yoga has become part of a cultural movement with Barack Obama and Kim Kardashian mentioning their videos on their socials. During this quarantine, most kids and their parents are at home looking for things to do while dealing with the anxiety of the unknown. Perhaps that's why what Jamie and Martin teach has really taken off, because their focus on mindfulness and movement not only helps the children who watch, but the parents who watch them. The dictionary of poses, you know, in in kids' yoga, you know, you've got tables and mice and, you know, eagles and cats and dogs and cows and there's a lot of animals and animals obviously you kind of anthropomorphize and give voices to and and names and then you give them the experience of going somewhere and feeling things that they don't normally get to feel you know that they might feel more in, in a safe space you know they know that it's not actually happening but they're imagining it happening they're almost rehearsing those feelings. Um, so if you're looking for the starfish that's going to open the treasure box, you know, and then you see a shark and then Jamie can then kind of go, wow, it's a shark. We feel scared because it's a shark, you know, and we think, what are we going to do? She's pressing pause and allowing them time to go through those processing moments, which are quite big feelings because she's kind of dialed it up because it's a shark and they're underwater and perhaps that their parents aren't there. And, you know, but, um, 
you're doing this while doing yoga. You're in a yoga pose. I guess it's also kind of interesting that it, it's giving kids a different way to watch things on YouTube or on T or on screens, right? Because they're now they're not just watching it; they're doing things that are happening on the screen, kind of along with Jamie and along with the videos. Yeah, exactly. They, they are um, they're in the story. They're the heroes of the adventure, and that I suppose is the real secret of it is the fact that we're able to sort of smuggle in this goodness by uh, using this medium that kids instinctively want to be glued to yeah um, but we get them moving and yeah, so they get the kind of physical and emotional upside of of doing that as well nice when I first moved from the city to the middle of nowhere, I felt like I was, this is the first time that I'm alone with my thoughts. And this is the scariest thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. And I feel like a lot of people who spent more of their time living out in the world who now have to be isolated and locked down are probably going through similar. And I think that okay, the only thing that got me through that was movement and mindfulness. And now it seems like it's happening for other people. And they're also seeing that doing these sorts of things can, can be of great benefit. So why do you have any thoughts on why you think that is? I, I think there's a very practical reason why people are using cosmic kids. And that's probably because they need a break from their kids. That's actually what what's driving it. So, I'm you know so it means they can send a few emails or you know I mean I think about these families they've got three or four kids they've both got jobs you know and they're having to homeschool at the same time and I, I think that it, so it's the engagement that's making it happen. And like the biggest delight we hear about is when parents go I couldn't believe it the other day but my kid said. I'm going to breathe and calm down or whatever, you know, and they, they, <laughs> you can imagine the, the kind of relief when, when a parent hears that for the first time. So how did this all start for, for you and Jamie? Jamie was a, she trained as an actor and was working to a degree, but in between jobs, like all most actors do, you know, she had to do other things to make a living and uh, she was doing kids parties. So she would dress up as a fairy you know, or um, a pirate or, or whatever. And she would turn up at a party with 25 four-year-olds and she'd have to entertain them while the parents all stood around drinking, you know. <laughs> and uh, she cottoned onto this idea that she could tell a story and if she inv involved a movement where the kids were kind of briefed to move in a certain way at the key moment. In this case, it, she turned into a, she said, there's a witch coming, okay, I need to brief you on this. When she comes, the thing she really doesn't want you to know is these five yoga po or these five movements you've got to do because then she'll disappear into a pile of jello or jelly, <laughs> you know, if, if you do these poses, okay? And then obviously they're, they're listening now, you know, and, and she did essentially adapted kind of yoga poses. And then Jamie would sort of have a fit, you know, and turn into this witch. And she'd be like, you don't know my special poses, you know, and, and kind of, and then the kids would, she would sort of have to steer it a little bit, but the kids would do the poses and, you know, they were completely in it. And um, that was really where the idea started. And then we moved to the countryside. The work was drying up to a degree because we w she wasn't in town, you know. She'd been working in schools, helping out a friend of hers who ran a cookery after school club. And so she got to know a few teachers and head teachers. And she said, what if I did kids yoga? And it started there. And 
it was obvious that she was really good at it. She was getting all this amazing feedback, you know. And I'd, I'd been on a, um, a kind of study tour with the company I worked with at the time with various chief execs to Silicon Valley. And it was all about video. This is 2011. They were saying it's all about video. It hadn't really happened then. The whole point was to set ourselves free from having to turn up somewhere and work for somebody else. And we'd done a few things already together and we were getting that buzz. And, and I remember being on the phone to her and saying, it's all about video. How do we do this whole video? How do we capture what you're doing in your class? Because that means that the kids will be able to do it anytime they want. And it means kids all over the world will be able to do it. Anyway, so we went down to our local sports and social club, which is basically a village hall um, with a friend and put a uh, green curtain up. You know, still see the photographs with the quiz machine and the peanuts behind the bar, you know, <laughs> and um, filmed, you know, and then we spent literally about a month before we posted it. We were kind of almost embarrassed. Well, I, I was more embarrassed, I think, because I've been doing kind of grown up job stuff before that. And I was like, God, is this really what I'm going to post on the internet? My first sort of significant piece of content is Jamie in a onesie talking about a fish <laughs> called Squish and I couldn't get my head around it just from where I was at that point. Finally, we posted it. We've basically just carried on doing that ever since. <laughs> so can you kind of explain what goes into, like, just briefly, like pre-production, production, marketing, like the, the life cycle of creating one of these Cosmic Kids videos? It starts with Jamie having a thing that she wants to talk about. And that might come from a conversation with a parent or a teacher or... Um, something that matters or is, is troubling kids that they know. And then she'll ruminate on that and think about what would be a good story or a good character. And eventually she'll, she'll have written the story, which is basically a series of yoga poses with a story around it. But then she'll rehearse it and she'll get it kind of line by line off, off by heart. We film down the road and we're in a house in a little cottage in a place called Hambledon, which is just outside Henley-on-Thames in... Um, the UK. We're about 40 minutes outside London, uh, about 10 minutes down the road, there's a green screen studio. Film it usually in one take, sometimes with a couple of pickups. Pretty amazing. Wow. That She's is awesome. Total pro, yeah. And she hates being interrupted. If ever anything like if there's a buzzing sound or something <laughs> like that, you know, she'll be like her face when I stop her flow because she's there. She's I think she's talking to an imagined kid or audience or something in the camera. Meanwhile, if we've been organized enough, we will have got a set built in 3D elsewhere. And um, we have one person who we work with a lot, who is um, Conrad, who is our kind of technical director. He will do the filming and the sound and make sure all the pixels are right and stuff. And then he'll process the footage and we'll either send it to whoever's built the set or if he's built the set, he'll just take it all in and then we'll render it. I tend to do the music, um, usually production music and then we'll output it. And without, to be honest, much fun fanfare, we just post it. We, we sort of, the marketing bit is the bit that really, we, we never really spend as much time on as we might. And generally, it, that Cosmic has always been a word of mouth thing. We, we sometimes remember to do a post <laughs> saying we've just posted a new video. Can you talk then about how the business side of Cosmic Kids works? Well, we have multiple revenue streams. Uh, YouTube's changed a bit. Um, our revenue has fallen a lot. Um, I mean, we, we've we've never we, we were just beginning to cover our costs on YouTube before this change came in on um, the the FTC ruling, which meant that YouTube can't 
serve targeted ads on kids' content. It can only serve contextual ads. And that means that um, it's harder to sell advertising on. And so we've seen our revenue fall by um, 90%. Wow. So, you know, since lockdown, we've seen a huge leap in views. We've got maybe um, not quite 10 times the number of views, but not far off it. And we're earning about the same <laughs> as we were in December wow. on YouTube. So over the years, we've been building different um, revenue streams. So we've got DVDs. We have um, a teacher training program, which is online, um, which gives people certification to teach um, kids yoga. We turn our videos into PDFs, basically, which are class plans that anyone can pick up and it'll show them what the poses are in what order and what the kind of key performance aspects are. So that's another source of revenue. We have our app, uh, which is a all of our videos ad-free. How has the business been or how has it changed since the quarantine and lockdown have started? Because your business is mostly online, right? So how is that, um, how is that different now? Uh, well, the numbers are much bigger. So, you know, almost overnight, we saw our um, views on YouTube go up from 100,000 a day to, well, in the first week, it was like a, um, a million plus a day. Wow. A million and a half a day. So, you know, that's a multiple of 10 to 15 in the first few days. And then um, it's settled down a bit now to about seven, 800,000 a day, people who seem to be in the rhythm of it. And who knows what will happen once we all come out of lockdown. I'm sure it'll um, drop down a lot. Also, as a consequence, we've seen our, our numbers on our app increase with people who want it ad-free and who want all of our videos. Mums especially are really good at swapping lists of what they're using. And so we see a lot of mentions on YouTube and teachers are mentioning us to um, students, parents, you know, and saying we normally do Cosmic Kids. So almost like that, that one class that maybe does Cosmic Kids two or three times a week, it's now 20 kids doing it, you know, two or three times a week. So there's been this kind of amazing inadvertent growth hack. But luckily we, we had built a system, you know, over the years, we've been going eight years fundamentally. It doesn't matter whether you've got 100,000 or a million people coming in at the top, um, it'll still work. We've had a lot more inquiries, which has been quite stressful. Um, we have a, a, a Francis who, who works with us and she looks after all the inquiries and um, a lot more people getting in touch, asking questions or saying, how do I, you know, how do I, I signed up, it's not working or I signed up, I want to cancel or whatever. And the numbers are quite big. So, and some with a bit of energy, you know, there's people kind of responding out of a place of like, I'm being charged and I'm, and I'm not getting what I want, you know. And yeah. So there's a bit of energy around this this growth. It's not all like we're not sort of popping champagne corks and it's actually been quite stressful and um, a lot more inquiries um, from brands. Interestingly enough, it started out with the most unhealthy brands getting in touch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sort of sugary breakfast cereals and, you know, wanting a bit of healthy, healthy brand assistance. Um, but actually, in increasingly, some quite interesting people are getting in touch who can help us with um, spreading what we do around the world, you know, and a lot more press, you know. So yeah. Jamie's been interviewed by the Wall Street Journal, um, you know, on various TV shows and the news around the world. And it's been a, a weird time. I, you know, I, I wish it hadn't happened. I think it, I'm not sure it would have happened without the this growth. I mean, wouldn't have happened mm -hmm. without the 
the the virus. Um, but it, I, I kind of wish it had because it would have made it so much more fun and so much more like a source of celebration. But I've just been stressing out. I think Jamie handles it better than I do. She's like, this is great. I don't. I guess the thing is, like with any business or any project, there's always another. Um, you're at a crest of a hill, you know, and then there's another one in front of you that that emerges, you know. So there's no kind of like we've made it because there is never going to be a we've made it. Yeah, I guess with more eyeballs and more people paying attention, there's just uh, there's a lot more to do, and it's yeah, yeah. That's kind of an interesting aspect of all of this is that some businesses are. Not not necessarily doing better, but just a lot more, a lot busier and ha- just have so many more things going on. And that in itself can bring up challenges and, and stresses, like you said. I think some people are incredibly nice, you know, and are just talking about amazing transformations they're seeing and with incredible gratitude for the role that Jamie plays in their kids' lives and what that means for them and how that means they sleep better or they know how to manage their emotions and it's utterly heartwarming. And I think just partly because of how I am, I tend to notice the ones that are saying, I tried to cancel and it wasn't possible. And, yeah. you know, and you're taking my money and, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed, you know, and there might be one of those for a hundred of the other ones, but I I'll personally obsess about that one and sort of chunter about what, what I should say to them or how I make it better. You know, it's, yeah, it's weird. I do some support for my businesses, and I think the pendulum is swinging a bit more widely now. Where I'm seeing some people who are far more understanding and human, personable with with their support, and some people who are just upset. They're just things aren't going right, and they there's it needs to direct somewhere. You know, luckily, Francis is who does our sort of customer support is very resilient, way more resilient than I am actually. And uh, she can deal with it. We sometimes talk about it and sort of joke about it. But the world does basically, I think, split into two types of people. The, the, you know, the sort of people who go like, oh, there's probably a person at the end of this yeah. email. <laughs> and the sort of people who haven't even realized that, you know. Yeah. And it, it's possibly that because they've never <clears throat> create, they haven't created something and felt what it's like to create something and see the world respond to it. I don't. That's my theory. You know, the people who do things like that, they get that there's someone trying at the other end. You know. Hmm. What's it? I, I guess typically for for business, you you sell directly to your customers, but in, in your case, your audience are children who don't buy the what you provide. Their parents do. Yeah, kids have. You know, five year olds have zero buying power. I think the way I think about it is we we are providing a service. Um, Jamie happens to have an amazing, magical talent for uh, connecting with kids and taking them with her. And we've cottoned on to this space, which includes movement and mindfulness. And so it, it, can, it can have an amazing impact. Fundamentally, it's when we're serving that we're at, we're at our best. You know, so uh, in a simple way, I don't know is the answer. (laughs) I don't know what the business model is. I suppose that's how we wrap our head around it is we dodge the question, you know, and just go, it's not a business, it's a service, you know. It's why we're here, you know. But there is, there are a few things that really help the, the, uh, the business. One is that parents love taking photos of their kids doing yoga. 
you know, if you've got a four-year-old and he's doing downward dog or something a bit more um, sort of flamboyant as a yoga pose, in, mm-hmm. you know, then you want to take a photo and you want to tell all your friends how much of a little yogi you've got, you know. And I think that's one of the things that's helped us grow. And the other thing is um, teachers have discovered us. Just thinking back to be, when I was in school in the 80s, I don't think I ever heard the word mindfulness, right? And you're, you're talking about how teachers are getting behind this. I, mean, I suppose practically what's happened is a lot of adults have discovered it. A lot of people have been through a kind of transition where either they've had to have cognitive behavioral therapy or they've had to discover meditation or they've realized that yoga helps them. And that has slowly kind of filtered into books and finally in, in, into the classroom. And um, it's, it's amazing to me that we didn't have it when, when I was a kid. You yeah. know, I wish that we did. I wonder what the world would be like now if we, if we had. You know, if, if you kind of knew that feelings come and go and that you're not your feelings and how to come back to your breath, you know, rather than worry about the thoughts that are flying around in your mind, you know, that they're just transitory. And we, we get letters from people, emails from people saying, my kid is going through whatever, you know, we've had kids who are going through chemo, for example, and she has learned to, to breathe her way through the moment when the, um, the liquid that they put into your vein is, is kind of, so she's actually in the process of taking on board the chemicals they put into your bloodstream, you know, and at five, you know, and, and if you build on that, you know, as, as a human being, if you have that awareness, everything that you bounce into, all other people that you bounce into for the rest of your life, will have the benefit of that structural idea in your head. You know, that's that's the exciting thing for me about people discovering what we're doing because of the lockdown. It's just the number of people who are going to know how to count down from 10 to go from being in a tantrum to being calm. You know, that's the cool stuff. And oh, wow, that's awesome. I guess then finally, has this pandemic brought anything else to the forefront for you and Jamie? I think, I think that what it's brought to us is the difference between what we want and what we need. That, that's the main thing. And we feel that on a kind of personal level. And obviously that ties up to, with all kinds of things relating to our relationship with the planet and each other and um, travel even, you know, food, you know, all of these things. And we've got I think better, we've always been pretty good at this, but we've got better at really liking, enjoying the little things. It's kind of a brilliant exercise, isn't it, in, in, in um, recalibrating what you value. Having nearly everything that you use to distract yourself, like for example, thinking about the future, taken away from you. You know, wh- whenever we felt like we had some money in the bank, we'd be like, right, where are we going to go? You know. What are we going to do with this? What should we buy? You know, where should we go on holiday? And all of that stuff is like not possible at the moment. So you go, okay, well, maybe we should do a jigsaw, you know, or or whatever. And I feel, I don't know, I sort of feel like there's a message being, that there's some horror around and I don't want to belittle it, you know, minimize it. But there's a message in all of this, you know, which we can take away, which is incredibly positive and powerful. And it's to do with um, enjoying the little things. Cosmic Kids works, especially right now, 
because they focus on being of service to others through everything they do in their business. Their goal through these fantastical videos is to create a generation of mindful and less reactive people beginning at a very young age. I wish I had known that I wasn't my emotions back then and that I could use things like movement and breathing to work on my own anxiety. While Martin is busy during this lockdown, Jamie and him still have to weather it and turn this spike in attention into sustainable revenue, working through platform and profit changes with YouTube, and continuing to illustrate just how useful exploring how we feel through movement can be. So even if your business right now is lucky enough to be busy, it's still important to try not to let it run away from you. The more that we can all be less reactive, the easier it will be to continue to sustainably run our businesses well past when this pandemic ends. Even if you're older than 12, you should check out Cosmic Kids Yoga and videos of Jamie shooting rainbows out of her fingertips while doing warrior pose at CosmicKids.com. Call Paul is produced by Ruth Eddy and is a MailChimp original podcast. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform so you can get new episodes every Thursday. To learn more about my thoughts on business and living online, you can hop on my mailing list at sundaydispatches.com. Whether or not you're doing well as a business right now, are you finding it hard to not just default to being reactive? Let me know on Twitter. Send me a tweet at PJRVS. PJRVS.